I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Do you know an organization that is looking for a keynote speaker, retreat speaker, or workshop host? You can contact me at meredithsigget at gmail.com for more information. I am currently booking speaking engagements for 2022. Welcome back to the Finding Myself podcast. I am Meredith Sigget, your host at this podcast. So today we've got an episode that I really think rings true to a lot of people and can be very useful. Um, It is an episode about finding yourself after divorce. I have a wonderful person here to talk through this topic with. Her name is Amber Roadcamp. Hi, Amber. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on, Meredith. I'm super excited. I've admired your your show for a while now. So having the opportunity to do one of these with you is, is great. Which I just have to say thank you. I put out a post to my friends and family uh, just sharing about how the podcast has been going and asked if anyone had anything that they wanted to come on the podcast with. And you, I think, were the first one to say, hey, I've got an idea. I want to do this. And I think that was really brave of you to do that. Uh, And I'm hoping that this is just a a good opportunity for you to reflect and have some perspective and also share with some people who might be in a very similar situation. I agree that it's, I think, something folks don't talk about after they get divorced. There's this, oh, hush, hush, know that they got divorced. Or, oh, yeah, they're separated. And and you see each person kind of moving on with their life, whether it be through social media or at family events or with friends. And, and, and people in your inner circle, they see this new version of you and this, this new life you're creating. Because it really is creating a brand new life for yourself in many facets. Um, but being able to to talk about it and to share, because again, I think it is one of those things that in somewhat is still a little bit of a stigma of we're just not going to talk about the why, the what, the where, the you know, and and, and how and how you take these steps and and recreate maybe a new version of yourself or this new life for yourself and your children, because it's a huge life changing thing. I was married for thirteen years. I got married in my early twenties. Here I am in my mid-30s, like, what? Um, So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. Hopefully, like you said, some people take something from it. So before we get into this topic, let's try to help our listeners understand how we know each other. Um, In some ways, I kind of go, I'm not really sure how we know each other. Like, to pinpoint that meeting uh, but essentially, the common thread was being a mommy. We have our uh, children around the same age. Um, we have other mommy friends in common. And we had that mommy group in common, but I don't think we ever crossed paths in the mommy group. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I feel like we were friends adjacent. Um... Oh, yes, I'll agree with that one. Friends and Jason, very like, oh, I know Meredith. You know, I have, I have very close friends. They're like, oh, do you know Meredith? She's fantastic. Like, I 
don't know her. I know of her, but I've never met her in person. And uh, yeah, so I think we've traveled in the very same mom circles for for years. Um, and I'm also wondering if that early stage, right, when we're still in that baby fog yeah. of maybe we were at the same mommy and me group and it didn't register, you know, maybe we did cross paths and just didn't connect. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's kind of how, how we know each other and, and folks have spoken highly of you for, for years and, but yeah, it's children of the same age and finding, uh, your mom, your mom squad. Yes. And now that you say that, I bet we were at a meeting or two before I went back to work mm-hmm. and it was probably just, I was kind of preparing to go back into the world and you were still in, you know, I just changed my whole world. <laughs> but I, it's interesting. So, yes, the mommy squad. My, this mommy squad that I have been so honored to be a part of has produced so many wonderful mommies from such wonderful women. I don't know how I got so lucky to meet all of these wonderful women who have helped me be the best mommy that I can be. But really, in all honesty, it's being the best woman that I can be. They're amazing. I Yeah, I can't agree with you enough with that. Without my friends and the close group of women, like, as you said, wonderful, wonderful human beings that I am blessed to call my friends and, and truly have, have very much become family. Yes. Uh, I don't know how I have gotten through the last two years as, as I transitioned out of my marriage and, and where I am now. Um, I'm so thankful for my friends and, you know, being able to pitch in and, hey, do you need help watching pee? Do you, you know, what can we do? Moving. I was so thankful when I moved. Friends of mine said, oh, hey, we're consolidating. Do you need a bed? Do you need these chairs? Do you need all of these things and throughout not only becoming a mom and, and as you are into this next phase, cause every age of child is, you know, this brand new phase of parenting. Um, I, I agree. These wonderful, wonderful people that, that are in this circle and also just brilliant, as you said, brilliant women um, who have started businesses, who have these amazing careers um, are still able to juggle all the things I am in in awe of of many of them all the time. Yes. I have had Rachel Strait on the podcast twice, and she was someone that I met at Mommy's Group. And then I've had Tori Levine, who's with uh, the Mom Anxiety Club, on the podcast, and I've been on her podcast. I'm not going to quite say it just yet, but I'm in works with one of our other friends to do a podcast episode, so that might be coming out shortly. And that's the amazing thing. It's women who come from different backgrounds with different experiences and they just come together to do such amazing things and to to help each other out. That's, I loved that our group was so diverse Mm -hmm. and there was, it was just welcoming. It was just welcoming and, and for someone, you know, I'm from out of state Uh, I'm not originally from the Pennsylvania area, 
My husband is from Pennsylvania, but Western Pennsylvania, so we don't have family here. So the mommy's group really turned into my family, my sisters, people that um, I have relied on and, and asked for help from and asked information from, but also, like you said, starting businesses. I admire them. They're doing awesome. I, I, and that is something to reflect on, as you know, all of these wonderful people. And you may not talk to all of them, you know, every week or, or what have you. And, and some have moved and gone different directions. But just being able to follow their journeys and, and these awesome, awesome things they're doing. Yeah. So this Mommy Connection, we're, we're going to thank, uh, be thankful and grateful that we have such a great Mommy Connection. So thank you to all the wonderful women out there. We're talking about you today. Well, it, and it's funny, I'm looking down at my notes and what did I say? The mommy connection, but I, I guess it's just in my soul to call it that mommy connection that we have. Now, through the mommy connection, you were starting an endeavor and one of our common friends said, hey, you've got to talk to Meredith. She know, she's been doing this, you got to talk to Meredith. So we have podcasting in common. Yes, uh, I, but I don't... Again, you have you have started your podcast and the way that you have branded it and the way that you have kind of marketed it out there is phenomenal. I, I admire that so much and you are a great help to me getting started. And I think similarly, I wanted mine just to be a chat, just a chat with people. So my podcast uh, was the Malvern Minute. I work for a, a, a treatment facility and just kind of talking to professionals about, you know, different resources or education or maybe what we had going on um, at our facility that was maybe a little bit different or special. I did one podcast about um, managing a substance use facility during a global pandemic at the beginning of of COVID. Um, That's not something everyone prepares for. And uh, it, but again, it was me and my cell phone and Spotify and, um, Podbean, which I think you turned me yes. on to, and that was it. I no microphones, no, you know, uh, it's currently on a hiatus. I haven't done an episode recently, but they're out there. But I, I, I can't thank you enough for kind of encouraging me and giving me some great tips uh, to get started along the way. Which I, I loved the idea of it uh, because I think people, and I'm using a general term, people are looking for information. And it's hard sometimes to get a real picture or to get the details. And definitely in the mental health or treatment area, people have a a certain idea that come from movies and TV of what it's like to um, go to an addiction treatment facility or go to a mental health provider and it's not like that. It's not chaotic. It's not sit down on my couch and tell me about your dreams. That's really what, you know, that's not really what it is. But how do you get out there what really the experience is, you know, in a way that is uh, respectful of the people who are there? And you were finding a way of doing that. And it is just information and, and giving resources and, and pointing people in a direction where they can find that support, be able to ask the questions in a, in, in a place they feel safe. That is my, my biggest goal with, with what I do for work 
and podcast aside is just to be a resource for people. If I can't help you, let me see if I can find out who can or point you in a direction where your questions will be answered or you can get the support that you need, whether it be substance use or uh, behavioral health. So I think that is the most important thing. And there's never, I mean, we are very lucky. I think we live in an area that is fairly resource rich in, in many facets, but there's still never enough. Right. I would say there's always room for everyone to play in the sandbox. Um, you know, and especially with treatment, what may be a good fit for one person may not be for another. And as you said, just respectfully and, and meeting people where they are really was another one of my goals of let me you know share, but meet people where they are to really, you know, connect people with, with treatment or resources they might need. Yeah. And I, I am taking a minute to talk about this because I think it's important, um, you know, to, as part of mental health awareness um, for people to understand about the resources that are out there. I know it's difficult because when you reach out for assistance, either for yourself or a loved one, you leave yourself vulnerable. And it's hard to be vulnerable with people, facilities, uh, organizations that you're not aware of, or I should even leave yourself available or vulnerable for treatment, uh, whether it's mental health or addiction, that's difficult. That's, you know, tearing off all your clothes and standing in front of people and, and asking for judgment. Um, and it, it's, it's difficult. And trying to make that situation easier um, or to build some of that trust uh, early on is really helpful. And I think having that podcast where you hear real voices, you hear people chatting like normal people do, builds that trust to say, those are real people too. They're there to help me. They're there to, you know, get through this with me, not just stand on the high grounds and say, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. It, right. And it just goes back to looking at the whole person. And as you said, building that trust and showing them like, Hey, I'm, I'm here to meet you exactly where you are in, in this journey, whether you're ready for treatment or not. I always tell people, Hey, here's my number. Call me. Um, but yeah, I think that does help because there's still so much shame and stigma around behavioral health and addiction. It's slowly getting better, it's very slowly, but I think it's it's getting better. Um, but yeah, I think people need that to, to know that people are genuinely there to, as you said, help, not judge. Right. And that's and that is the biggest difference. So I'm I want to help, and, you know, and and there is no judgment. Um, at all so I think that is very important for people to realize um and yeah I agree if maybe just even one person got something out of my podcast that is great and I think with anything that we do working in the behavioral health field you know you could see a hundred people and if you sparked or or helped someone in their journey one out of that hundred that's you know that's what we're here for and that to me is amazing that's all it's all, it's all you need yeah no, I completely agree. 
And that that kind of ties right into what we're talking about today. And I, I want to kind of bring this up. So, you know, the, the conversation today is finding yourself out of divorce or after divorce. And divorce is one of those situations that people can feel shame about. Um, but I just want to say right now, this is a judgment-free zone. This isn't about well, you must have done something for this to happen or shouldn't you have known earlier? We're, we're not here to kind of cast those, um, those stones. This is about talking about the whole, as you use, the whole person going through something that's tough. It's a, a change in, in life. It's, it's taking a right turn um, and that's difficult and it, it also leaves you very vulnerable. Um, so why don't we just kind of start, you know, and say, gosh, that big D word. Oh, it's yeah, out there. Uh, agreed. I, there's still so much shame and stigma around it. And no one goes into a marriage thinking, I'm going to get divorced. Um, you know, you don't plan for it. You And you get married, you hope it's going to be this lifelong journey with this partner you've chosen. And it doesn't always work out that way. People change, people grow, and, and you can either grow together, you grow apart, and hard things happen throughout a relationship, as I think you well know, whether it be, you know, in, in our marriage, there were different things along the way. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, at the end of the day, here we are. You know, I've been divorced about two years now, and I was married 13, and it is a huge change. And again, I'm now, I'm in my mid thirties and single had not planned that. That's a curveball and a half. That's a, like you said, a real right turn. Yeah. Uh, and really just in finding out who that person is as, you know, a, as a grown up, a woman, an adult, uh, a parent, um, someone with a, a, a career that I'm so thankful for it. It has been, Yes, there have been challenges uh, through through this process, but also if we get rid of the shame and stigma around divorce and, and this feeling of, oh, I'm a failure. Also, it can be this amazing opportunity. And I, I'm not putting it lightly. I just, the things in the last two years that I have been able to the word investigate is coming up, but that is not, that is, but is, but explore about myself and about the life that I want to create for my child and I, it, it, it can be an opportunity and it doesn't have to be this failure. It doesn't have to be something we're ashamed of. And it, I don't know, there's silver linings within it. Yeah. You just have to. Look for them and, and give yourself that opportunity and grant yourself grace to do those things. Yes. Now, I um, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to put out there, I have not been divorced. So I, I don't want to come from a place of, of experience in that. But I did try to reflect on this too. I had a um, engagement, a long-term relationship prior to my husband, an engagement that didn't fully go through. And um, that was a difficult thing. Um, you know, having this idea 
of what the future was going to look like. You know, the, the kids that we were going to have, where we were going to live, the jobs that we were going to have, you have, and maybe that's me and being that girly girl of having the fantasy of what my life is going to look like after this. And that didn't come through. And I was left a little bit of like, well, now what? I'm not going to have the two boys. We're not going to have the sailboat. <laughs> We're not going to live on the... You know, all these these pictures I had in my head of what the family was going to look like 10 years down the road, that was never going to happen. But then it, additionally, it was interesting. So leaving that relationship, it I had been with this partner for long term and settled in kind of our patterns of behavior and had the idea of what a long-term relationship was going to look like. And then I met my husband and the my view of a relationship and his did not match up. And it, it that was an adjustment period of trying to figure out who was I after this because I no longer was part of this partnership. What did I want out of a relationship? Because the last one didn't work. <laughs> and like, how am I supposed to act in a relationship? Because I started that, I started the relationship with my husband at an older age. My, like, what was dating at an older age? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's dating at an older age. I mean, just all the things that happened. And, and I know, like, I don't want to compare my situation to a marriage and a divorce because um, they're just a little bit of apples and oranges. They're still in the fruit family, but apples and oranges. And um, But i that's how I kind of related to it, that I understood um, really what that does to shaking your foundation. But it, what you're describing is so similar that you fall into a routine and a pattern and a way of being in a long-term relationship, whether it is an engagement or a marriage or a long-term partnership. This is the version of yourself that you become with this other person. Yes. And along the way, depending on the dynamics of that partnership, you might lose a little bit of who you genuinely are along with the rest of growing up and, and creating this family and, and all of the things and being able to find a partner that honors that person of who you are and maybe even reminds you. I look at some of my friends who have these really amazing marriages. My best friend, her and her husband, I always use them as an example. They've gone through some hard things and they have had some challenges, but you know what? At the end of the day, they were best friends first. Before anything else, they are, they are best friends. And that, I have just, in ob observing from this side of the fence, that seems to make a huge difference in, in that success, divorce, you know, that ratio of, like, can we overcome these really hard things in our marriage? And they honor each other as, as who they are as friends first, and also just, they genuinely love each other for who they are at the core. She is herself and has, you know, in her marriage, 
So I, I think that is the thing is sometimes we fall into these patterns routines and we lose ourselves. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, I mean, a lot, a lot of things along the way um, contributed to, to, to our divorce. And, but, you know, for me, a lot of, a big part of it for me, and I'm only going to talk about it from my perspective was, you know, I woke up and I was getting into my mid thirties and I thought, isn't what I want to wake up and be or do when I'm 40. And that thought of growing old in the current situation became in, in some just soul crushing. This isn't who I want to be. This isn't what I want for my child to observe in a, in a marriage or a relationship. And this isn't who I want to be. Um, I think a lot of my friends would tell you that I'm pretty fun, loving and adventurous and that's not who I was able to be within my marriage. Um, a lot of my hobbies or, or, or passions were kind of put to the wayside. You know, some of that was a phase of life with, with being new parents and some of it was just you know, the dynamic that we had settled into and coming out of that, uh, as an older adult and, and like you said, thinking about what do I want? And then what I want, what I want in a partner, do I even want a partner? Cause I want to buy my own. Um, you know, like you mentioned, so it's, it, it's, it's really looking at and examining and a lot of good therapy. That's, I will suggest that to everybody going through any struggle, uh, whether it's marriage or otherwise, get yourself a good therapist. Yes. Um, uh, this wonderful non-biased person to, to talk with and, and um, help make those some, some self-discoveries. Uh, but it, yeah, coming out of it is, is taking a look as an older adult. I'm like, oh, gee, what do I want the next 5, 10, 15 years to look like? And I... I am really a believer that we are an ever-evolving being. Um, we change our focus, our priorities, our interests, uh, where we want to spend our time. We do that all throughout life. So, you know, starting off a marriage a certain way and you've got who I am and as a younger, you know, younger person, you know, being in your 20s, you're still exploring life and figuring out who you are. I think we have a lot of pressure in general to follow that traditional path of finding a partner, getting married, having kids. You know, the house is thrown in there somewhere and you tie it all up with a bow and everything's great. But what I really think is a problem, no one talks about after kids come. Like we're not, we're not feeding our souls, feeding our minds, feeding our body with anything. We've reached the climax once we've had the kids. And I think that's where life just, we let life happen to us mm-hmm. and we go along. We lose a bit of ourselves. We lose a bit of our relationship because we forget about being husband and wife. We're mom and dad. And then it, it takes something, um, maybe something more traumatic or just waking up one morning and saying, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? 
we definitely as a society should ourselves into things. Yes. Well, I guess I should get married. I guess I should have a house and I guess I should have kids. And it's this, this construct that's created of these are all the things So I, you know, we spend a lot of times just shutting ourselves into our situations and forget to explore those things. And you mentioned about when kids come along, no one, no one does talk about that. And you know, even sometimes you talk to your parents, well, that's just how it was. We were very busy too. And, and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, especially if your parents are still married. Um, but I think our society has made it, especially right now, very kid focused. Yes. Very, you know, well, you got to do the soccer and the activities and you do lose that importance of no, you know what? I'm still a person. I still have my own passions. Uh, I am still a woman. I am still, you know, in a partnership and making those. And I hate date nights. I just hate that phrase because someone once said to me, if you've gotten to the point where you're having and scheduling date nights, hasn't that ship already sailed? Because, <laughs> And I, I only laugh because I have date nights. You can check my my Facebook. Um, but no, I I get it because I, I was just saying to my husband last night we we were dreaming. I said, hey, let let's do some dreaming together. So where are we gonna go when we can go for a long trip without the kids? Because. That may never happen. I'm going to be very honest, but we can dream about it. So we put this very big dream in and then we said, okay, what about a long weekend? Because I said to him, we've done like the one night stay over. You are still in mommy and daddy mode. You can't take that off. You can't relax. Date nights are the same way. We're talking about the kids. We're, we're talking about what's the schedule for next week. We're not really connecting with each other like we used to on a date night. We're, it's kind of like a um, faculty meeting that we're, you know, setting up our, our plans and our goals, um, not really getting to know everyone. So um, I, I agree with you on that. There, there needs to be more of an emphasis on the, the connection. Uh, I know it, the scheduling seems like a necessity, it, it is often a necessity or it doesn't happen, but it's also making that effort so it is not a faculty meeting and genuinely connecting with your partner in a way that is just you guys being your genuine selves together out of mommy and daddy mode. Because you're right, we do become different people when we become, we become parents. Um, and it's, you know, making that effort so those times are that true connection. I love that you did that with your husband is, is that dreaming. And I that's amazing. And I think those are the things that make a great partnership when you can talk to your partner about those things and they, they validate or want to dream with you. And I look at relationships and I'm like, that's, that would be kind of great but to have a partner that does those things with you. Um, and that you're on the same page. Oh, that would be great. Or, you know, long weekend. And I can say selfishly that maybe one of the silver linings of, of a divorce and sharing custody it's also the catch 22. I hate not seeing my child every day. It is awful. I'm like, uh, but you know what? I have also chosen, but don't get me wrong. There were times early on that I sat on my, my chair and didn't leave my apartment, you know, wallowed. So 
But then it's, you know, no, this is an opportunity that these, this is the time that I can explore Amber. And, you know, I, I know I started kayaking again. I, I kayak quite often. I go hiking with friends. Um, I've taken weekend trips. Um, my niece and I went to Puerto Rico in July. And all of these things that had in a marriage would not have been possible, you know, and it's the catch 22 of, you know, I, I would love to, to have Patrick all day, every day, a hundred percent of the time. But I will say that having that time when I can just genuinely be out of mommy mode has made me, I think a way better parent. I appreciate our time more. Um, I make an effort to do, I don't feel, I think as so many of my friends who are in partnerships, I don't feel that constant juggling. Yeah. Um, because you know what? I know if I get him back on Wednesday, Tuesday, I'll clean the house. I'll do my errands. So then my time with him is my time with him. I don't have to juggle it all around. Um, and I also am refreshed because you know what? I was able to take the weekend and I went hiking with friends or what have whatever I, I did. And again, I feel selfish saying that, but it, you know, but it allows for some of those things that in, in a marriage and a partnership you don't always have to be yourself which i love that silver lining uh, i mean i love that you you know while you have some feelings missing your child because you don't see him every day you accept the situation as it is because you appreciate the relationship that he has with his father Mm-hmm. And you kind of, you got to the point where this is how it is. So I can either be miserable or I can use that time to better myself. Because if I better myself, I'm a better mother. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, that's an amazing perspective to take. Because I agree with you. You know, it's great that you're saying, I can make my time with him the best, where I'm not grouchy because I've got seven things on my plate. I've taken care of some of those responsibilities. So I don't have to say, oh, not now. Mommy's got to clean. And really, it's that time that you spend with your kids that they're going to remember. Um, so I, I think that that's an amazing perspective to be able to take, to be positive and also, you know, we have this idea that, you know, divorce for a kid is tough. I don't think we can get away from that. But how can we make things better? And having that time to arrange getting tasks done so that you can be fully present with him makes it so much better. I have become a very big quality over quantity person in in any relationship that I have, I, I think what is the quality and what is the value of your connection with one another? And I think that's the great thing that I do have with my kiddo is that he knows that our time together is, is, is special. And that, you know, I think he has started to appreciate that though I do those things. And yes, you know, we, we called it the big change instead of using the D word, we okay. called it the big change him and as he went through it and you know he has done amazingly and is so resilient but it's been hard you know for moving and blending families um and all of that but I think you know he appreciates that you know 
I do my best to, you know, we're done with work, we're done with work early, we're having this adventure, or, um, you know, we will take time out to go fishing. It's one of his most favorite hobbies. And, you know, being able to do those things. And he and I have had more adventures in the last two years, just the two of us, than I think we would have had, you know, as a intact family. Um, and I think that's amazing, too. Again, yes, another silver lining. I'm not at all taking away from the fact that it is hard. But I think that, again, that society says, well, should you feel shame or that failure or, oh, it seems so selfish that you want to do these certain things. But what is the value of staying in a situation when you're not happy? Happy parents make happy kids. Um, and when we yeah. honor ourselves, I wanted my child to know that it was okay to make hard decisions to be happy. I wanted him to know that, yes, these changes are hard, but at the end of the day, and I think he has value. Like you said, he will remember the adventures that we have had and that we'll continue to have. And I think not at all taking away from the difficulty that we have all gone through, but it's finding and choosing to look at the positives. Yeah. As you go through this journey of, of, of finding yourself after divorce and, and where, where you let life lead you. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to put my school counselor hat on. Okay. All right. Cause this, this is something that, um, obviously comes up in my profession. Um, working with parents who aren't together for a variety of reasons um, or different configurations of families. And something that I learned prior to having kids, which rings so true in being a mom, is that crap happens in life. It, it does. There's nothing that we can do to stop the crap from happening. But we also don't want to shield our kids from that crap. What we want to do is help them get through it and build the skills that they need. Because at some point, we want them to move on from us and have a wonderful life. And if we shield them from the crap during their childhood, they're not going to know what to do with the crap when they're an adult. So, you know, being that role model in a relationship that wasn't working for whatever reason, do I stick with it, stay miserable, which again, just really makes everyone miserable, but sticking with it, um, or do I show them that I can make those tough decisions? I can pivot to a new situation and use my coping skills to get through it. And guess what? I'm going to help you get through it too. We're in this together. Absolutely. And and the ability to do that makes, I think, all the difference in, in helping kiddos transition through the crap that happens in life. And I agree, because you're right. You can't, crap happens. And it's, yeah. And, and I think also is learn to then trust that adult mm-hmm. that does that with them. They know that, okay, mom is the safe 
this safe space and that she will not only be honest with me, but she'll support me through it and I can talk with her about things um, as we kind of go through this together. And making hard choices, life is all about doing hard things. And I see so many people that stick with it and you know they're not happy and I wonder... Is that, is that good for your kids? Is that good for your family? Is it good for you? What is the value of sticking with it when we have this very short life that we're given? And, you know, why why be unhappy when yeah. we have the choice to do otherwise? And that is is the hugest thing that I want my kiddo to learn is, is you have choices. And, yeah, sometimes the change and, the you know, it's difficult, as you said, um, but helping him to transition through. And, and I think we've, we've done all right. And there, are, and there are things, and as I, as I talk about this, there are things that, you know, I did um, as a catalyst out of my marriage that I have taken ownership for and I have had the consequences for that I think as he gets older is a discussion we'll probably have to have as to, you know, yes, we had this big change and, and here are some of the reasons why. Um, and yeah, these are some of the things that mom did at that time that, you know, yeah, I have, I have been honest and open about and in, in, in moving forward. Um, but I think, you know, we have discussions with our kids at their age levels when it's appropriate right. and when questions come up. Right. When they can understand it. Um, Cause I do believe kids need that support when we're going through those tough things. It's, it's better to support them to shield them. Um, it, it, kind of an example, I just had a passing of uh, my grandmother, and my daughter is named after my grandmother. So I felt it was important for her to be with the family to grieve. Um, but the question came up, does she really need to see everyone being sad? Does she really need to see going through that? And I said, I understand where the question is coming from, but I would rather have her go through this at a time where she can get the family support and understand death and the passing away of a loved one in a context with her family rather than at an older age not knowing what to do, not understanding the feelings that go with it um, and I think we just really need to understand that we can help our children through these tough times Re you know like believe in yourself that you are enough to support the kids because I think part of it is the fear that I don't know what to say to my kid I don't know how to handle that. Like, I don't understand divorce. How are they supposed to understand divorce? But that's where you can come together on it. You don't need to be the expert. Guess what? You get to be mom. If we need an expert, reach out to those experts. Mm -hmm. But that's a mom role. So just do the best mom that you can do. And I, what you said, that builds the honesty and the truth and the safe space. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. And I, I think we do our kiddos a disservice when we're, we're not honest with them, where we don't 
allow them to experience the things that life brings. And I'm sorry for your loss with your family, but you reminded me a friend of mine, her husband had never been to a funeral. He's a grown, grown up adult and never experienced a death, had never been to a funeral and, and he had a loss in his family and it really hit him hard. And, you know, of, of just, those are things along the way, like you said, family and support and even just the rituals we have through life sometimes that, you know, funerals and, and, and different things. And that is important for our kids to, to experience and learn. And, um, it also shapes their outlook and how our outlook shapes their outlook of it. And if we as parents, you're right, because we're not experts, you know, books and therapists and whatever else can kind of help us get the information and wonderful friends always, you know, Hey, this is what, how should I word this? And it's, you know, having, I remember having the discussion with my kiddo about when I said, you know, the big change was coming and we actually, we went to Wildwood and uh, we took a walk and we sat on a bench and we talked about it and I wanted it to be this peaceful thing and this open thing to help prepare him and to talk about the changes that were going to come in a way that he could understand. Um, you know, and that is kind of our place now where we kind of will go and talk about things. And and I think establishing that is, is just so important for both us as parents and our kiddos. Because I think we just, we do everyone. And I, and I look at my own childhood, right? And maybe our generation was raised a different way and, you know, a lot of things, hush, hush, we don't talk about that. <laughs> it does, it does everyone a disservice. It's, it's not good for anyone to just sweep things under the carpet. Because then we're all just left with questions and what the heck, what happened? Um, so I'm a big believer in talking about things. Um, maybe my son sometimes is like, okay, okay, yeah, what? I, I I really think that has a lot to do with our profession, <laughs> that we are um, just communicators, mm-hmm. and we want people to, to know, <laughs> we want to be there to have those conversations. Um, I, I get that already from mine, like rolling oh. the eyes. Mom, do we have to continue talking about this? I get you. I get your point. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I'm fine. Like, Mom, Really? what i'm like well i just i need you to know that i'm happy to talk about anything with you if you're having feelings and he's just like lady or he has started deflecting which concerns me slightly oh because he started to be like oh would you look at that out there or just change the subject completely and it's like you are seven why really the skill that you have developed here um you know and he'll one of the things he said is, can I tell you something? And always my response is, you can tell me anything, anytime. Uh, yes, but I think that does come from our professions of being communicators and helpers and just being like, oh, um, and oversharing. Yeah. yeah. Our, our kids will be both, both blessed and annoyed by it. Yes. Amen. Blessed and annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I was always like, oh, gosh, am I going to screw my kids up because of what I do? <laughs> Um, I had an argument with um, my daughter this week. Uh, she will come to the middle school that I work at 
but she will she will not be on my caseload just naturally. But if even if she was assigned to me, it, she wouldn't be assigned to me. And she's like, but I want you. I want to come talk to you. And I said, but I want you to have someone else to talk to. I want you to feel like you have this person that you can be honest with. And she's too young to to get my point. But she's like, no, I want you. I want to talk to you. I'm like, you can still talk to me. That's not a problem. But I so want her to feel like she has her own space. Um, That's important to me. Not for her right now. Someday it will be. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite sure. And it, I, and as our as our kiddos get older into that tween or that teen stage, that is a fine line because what you said, I want them, I want him to come talk to me. I want him to want to tell me everything. But I agree, it's an important thing to have, especially with P being a boy, you know. And he has a his dad is great. He has a great relationship with his dad, and you know, hopefully they're able to communicate some of those things. But yeah, you're right. I want him to have. This, this separate safe person who he can talk to about life and things and and, and maybe some things that as lady, I may not yeah. understand at times. But at the same time, like, I want him to feel comfortable to come and talk to me about those things too. And I don't know where the reality of that will be with certain things. Because, um, you know, I've never been a teen boy, I, you know? It's funny that you're saying this. This morning I was looking at my son and I was just like, oh my gosh, like he is a boy. Like, I don't get it. I just, he's so different. Like I need to find my other boy moms out there because I didn't have brothers. So having a boy in the house is very different for me. In the ages that they are. So I don't know about you, but I feel like seven something clicked okay and we are no longer this little boy we are a boy okay you know and we're starting to be a little swarthy and smelly and just all of these things that you're just like oh oh my i don't okay uh sports life we play baseball and you know uh, the equipment that comes with that and the whole and just i have done as a boy mom, I think, you know, I've always fished. I fished with my dad growing up since I was little. And so that came naturally to me. I played softball. So thankfully, baseball is not a hard job for that. You know, he's he's getting into hunting. And he'll do that with his dad. But, you know, him and I had a conversation. He's like, well, you could get a bow, mom. And we could go. And I'm like, you know, that might be my limit. <laughs> and that, I was like, in my head, I played it out. I was like, so we go. Say so we do shoot a deer. Are we hauling it out of the woods? What are we going to, I don't, you know, um, you know, I, I have to honor my own limitations as yeah. to how much, and I think as boy moms, and, and he is my only, he will be my only child as a boy mom, and especially being a, a single parent boy mom, I don't, and this is a fear that I've talked about my friends, I don't want to get lost in the sauce he grows up and becomes more into those boy things I don't want to be like oh mom you don't do those things or oh my mom I want to always share some interests with him um that we have these things we can do together and you know again he had dad and him can do the hunting and they do the thing and, they, and that is amazing but I don't want to get lost in it when we no longer want to cuddle or we no longer I still want to be cool and have time with him 
And so I, you know, I think has made more of an effort to make sure that we do those things together now. But also remember, you may be creating activities that are special to you and him too. Um, my husband, I'll, I'll out how um, my husband was a mama's boy. And I'm using was because I hope that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but when I met him, he talked about going apple picking in the fall with his mom. And then she would make apple pies. And that was something that he just remembers doing with her and was an activity that they did every year. And he's, you know, he was a sports guy. You know, he he was a guy's guy. But that was something that was special between him and his mom. Mm-hmm. So, so there might be some activities that you guys find that will always be yours and just yours. You're, no, and you're absolutely right in that. And I, I think I do need to remember that as well. Because you're right, those rituals and those traditions uh, were one of the things. <laughs> this is a, this is a great story of of uh, post divorce. Uh, so we went and got a Christmas tree. Uh, for the last two years, we go and we cut down our own Christmas tree and put it in the car. And so the first year we got a very tiny one and we went and it was fine. And then last year we had moved into a, a, a bigger home and we're going to get us a really big Christmas tree. And, uh, so we get, we get it home and, you know, we're trying to get it in the stand and it's way too big. And he looks at me and he goes, you know, mom, I don't think you got this one. <laughs> Just oh, very no. matter of fact, <laughs> usually, you know, we'll say, look, we got this. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And he's like, yeah, mom, I don't know. I don't know that you got this one. And I was like, no, we, 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 don't, we will. And of course we figured it out. We got the tree in the house and and you're right. Those are the things that I hope he remembers of, you know, driving home, looking like Clark Griswold with a huge Christmas tree and just his little head um, and creating, you know, those memories together. And I, I think, you know what, and I don't want to take away, I think we had a lot of and have a lot and I hope he has, you know, he was younger. You know, we had a lot of those good memories and traditions as a family before the divorce. Um, and he has, he will have, um, you know, his dad is remarried and he has step siblings now and he has that wonderful experience as well. Um, and he'll have those memories, but you're right. I, I hope that him and I are creating this relationship and, and these things that he will remember. I love that. I don't think you got this one, mom. That was, that's such an honest reflection. <laughs> yeah. He, he is honest. I'll give him that. He's, he's quite the little character I have over here. Oh, gosh. Well, so we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, something that has helped through divorce, that communication piece, you know, being open and honest with your child and, and having that kind of reciprocal relationship to be open and honest with each other. What are some other things that you've kind of figured out about yourself or have helped you find yourself after divorce really again I cannot stress enough how much my friends and and having that support as I navigated um and really just that we can do hard things you know I was someone who in my mid-30s and you know my my uh in my marriage my spouse was the one who paid the bills and did all these things and you know again I got married my early 20s so here I am I'm like 
the tax form. The, oh, I, yeah, I don't, you know, so navigating all of that yeah. and, and, and really learning that from scratch of, you know, but it's also taking pride in it has been so helpful. Even if it's something little and I want people to, you know what? I hung my own curtains, I, the rods, I got a drill and things I had never done before. And that's little things that most people are like, what have you been doing your whole life? Well, I was married, I, you know, in a partner to do these things. Um, those little things and taking pride in it just builds your confidence and being confident and knowing you can do it. And it might be hard. And it, you know, I think that has really helped me. I'm just kind of being like, no, being tenacious. I'm just, again, I think we have this choice of like, oh, ho hum, and I don't know what I'm doing, and maybe I should ask for help. And not saying I don't ask for help, because that's important to do as well and know your limits, but it's also just, I'm going to give it a whirl and see what happens. I, I think this actually goes back to something you said earlier about having new opportunities. This, this change in life, the big change, is allowing opportunities to come your way that before you would have never looked at as opportunities. Mm-hmm. But now you're like, hey, I'm going to give it a whirl. Before you're like, oh, that's his thing. So you yeah. may find some new skills. You may find some new interests. But you're going to definitely find some new successes. Yeah, and I, and I think if people look at it from that perspective, so much in life is changing our perspective. Yeah. And whether we were raised to think and believe a certain way or whether society tells us we should think or believe a certain way, it's just being able to use a pivot and to change our perspectives of how we look at our situation. And at the end of the day, we have two choices. We can be negative or positive about it as we go through things. I'm not saying it's always easy, um, but I think that makes all the difference uh, to get to those successes. I think that's wonderful. And I think that's a great place for us to end because I think that was really when you look back on this episode, very much the thread that comes through this whole episode. And that was not planned, people. Um, but I think that was wonderful. You can tell that Amber is comfortable on the microphone and talking. So I really appreciate that, Amber. You did a wonderful job talking with us and letting us in on what it's like to be divorced and finding yourself afterwards. Is there thank any? You for... Oh, go ahead. No, I just want to say thank you for having me. It was a great experience. I'm excited to hear the episode. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with? You know, I think. Both of us working in the behavioral health field, um, you know, I'm happy, again, as I said, anyone reach out to me, whether it be, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, if you are looking for resources in, you know, the South Central community for treatment or, or behavioral health, or even if you're going through a divorce and you just want to chat with someone, I'm happy to, to say, hey, this is what helped. And um, or if you're looking for a good therapist, I can point you in the right direction. <laughs> So I think just those things of just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a resource to people. Thank you, Amber. And Amber is part of the Finding Myself podcast Facebook group. So you can always touch base with her on there. If you're looking for a private connection, feel free to hit me up and I can try to connect you with Amber too. Amber, this is amazing. And 
we've already come up with another episode that we're going to do together. I can't wait for that uh, to happen too. Uh, Amber and I have more in common than we knew. And uh, we're going we're gonna to keep talking about things. So thank you, everyone, for touching base. Uh, thank you, Amber, for joining me on the mic. And I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time. 